Okay, before we jump into another episode of RHOD&D, we wanted to take a quick moment to shout out our amazing patrons over at patreon.com slash housewivesofdnd. We're an entirely independently run show, and we quite literally couldn't do it without your support, so thank you for joining our Patreon and helping us continue to make new episodes of RHOD&D. If you haven't checked it out yet, head on over to patreon.com slash housewivesofdnd for access to our player character sheets, DM notes and confessionals, video versions of our episodes, our full-length behind-the-scenes podcast released every other Monday on our off weeks, live events, merch drops, the chance to name an NPC, and so much more. Patreon.com slash Housewives of D&D. RHO D&D is a sexy, terrifying, savage podcast for mature audiences. Content warnings can be found in the episode notes, along with links to all of our maps, transcripts, and ancillary content. Last week on RHO D&D, you found yourselves in the friendly remote village of Gnome Valley, where Kiki was very vocal about her disgust with the miniature place and its miniature residents, but changed her tune when she learned the gnomes have access to gold ore and set off on a late night solo adventure with Minor Feldry. Meanwhile, Dr. C tried to save daughter Coco and in the process made friends and then enemies with a haunted well. Surely this won't become an issue sometime in the future. Cass had a big night. She killed a hamster rabbit, got super drunk, and won a race to the carrot patch. Then things really took an exciting turn when she stole and drank a potion of longevity, de-aging herself by 11 years. Looking good, Cassan. But what about women, pow? <laughs> Anya caught the eye of local tinker Wilkin Lucky Spark, who's looking for a wife to be the new mother for his five children. And though she protested that it was too soon, she didn't outright refuse, so congratulations, Anya. <laughs> Speaking of the Lucky Sparks, Sasha returned a journal to Wilfin's eldest daughter, Brina, and tried to get some answers about Cece's whereabouts and the mysterious visitors. But no one seemed to be able to tell her much. Will Sasha have better luck getting info from Brina's uncle, the mayor? Will Kiki make it back from the mines, or is she about to become a cautionary tale? And will Dr. C and Cass throw Anya a raging Botox and Bubbles bachelorette? Find out this week on RHO D&D. All right, so Kiki, you sit in the minecart with Feldry as he steers it expertly through the night-dark wheat fields, guiding you towards a small opening in the mountain wall. You duck a little to avoid hitting your head, and the minecart speeds down a slope, then lurches to a stop as Feldry applies the brakes. At first, the darkness inside the mountain is blinding, but then Feldry strikes a match and lights a torch. He guides you towards a small ladder leading down into a hole in the ground. Well, here we are, he says to you as he <laughs> gets out of the minecart. Kiki's like, Feldman, this looks really great and dangerous. Um, where do you do all your, like, mining? Well, we... And he, he points to the ladder right behind you guys, and he's like, we go down this ladder, of course. Kiki takes, like, a little, like, gulp. And then says to him, Can you show me? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> he reaches back into the minecart to grab like a little um, tin lunch pail and he holds it with one hand and he motions for you to follow me. And he goes over to the ladder and starts to make his way down. And he stops and he goes, Oh, wait, should I let you go first? No. <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. So Feldria disappears down the ladder and Kiki, you follow him down this rough wooden ladder and 
lit torches welcome you to the space below their flickering flames joining in with feldries to dance against the sides of a small cavern revealing sparkling veins of gold weaving through the rocky walls feldry smiles shyly up at you what do you think um feldman i think this is beautiful um i'm wondering first of all who else knows about this place well all the miners How many of you guys are there? Oh, like, only about 70 or 85. But you guys are pretty short, so... Kiki is wondering, (laughs) the wheels are turning, and she's wondering how she can get this shipped to Anaheim as she (laughs) takes a handful and puts it in her fur coat. She's wondering how she can sort of... She needs a business advisor immediately. <laughs> he watches you as you as you scoop some rocks and put it in. And he's like, um, those are rocks. <laughs> she takes her hand out and is like, oh yeah, cool. cool. And she tries to put them back and they just sort of like yeah. Um anyway, are you hungry? And he starts to open up his pail. I, we don't get a lot of visitors here, so it's very exciting for me. Kiki looks in and is like, what's in there? A sandwich, and I have. You could have beer. You could have wine. He takes out this uh, jug and he looks at you expectantly. Kiki takes the jug, and is like, "What's in the sandwich? <laughs> Carrots, onions." Same as the soup. Kiki takes the sandwich and grabs from her back a little beef jerky stick. And sticks it in there and starts munching down on it. Felger's really excited about what you just took out of your bag. Ooh, what's that? Oh, you like that? You like beef jerky? (laughs) Oh, beef jerky. That sounds really familiar. I remember my father talking about such things from the old days. Oh, yeah. It's really delicious. Do you want to try some? We roll a seduction check. <laughs> no, but it is in my head right now. It's gonna be now. It is now, baby. Yeah, we roll a seduction check. Yeah, go ahead and roll a d twenty. Okay, but Kiki probably has like some extra seduction. Yeah, yes. don't we think Kiki has like extra seduction? I would say sexy. I would say check. a charisma check would be probably the closest. Yeah, yeah. charisma. 14. Yeah. I mean, he wanted a bite of that sandwich anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, I'll take a bite. And he, like, takes it from... Oh, but wait. Oh? I just asked him if he wanted a bite. I didn't give it to him yet. Oh, he, he he's reaching out, and he, like, cowers a little, because he's confused. And he's short. Are you dangling it over his head? <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Damn. Yeah, for sure. And I'm like, hold on, Felvin. If you want a bite of this sandwich... I'll give you a bite of this sandwich if you tell me how I can get some of that gold. Oh, uh, well, I'll help you get the gold right now. And he, like, he puts down the jug that he was holding and he grabs your elbow, or he tries to, um, to lead you over to this pickaxe. And he kind of motions over to the rock around him and he, like, it's all mystical and curious. And he's like, you see all those veins on in the rocks? Yeah. They're like kind of like gold veins. Oh, yeah. That's where you mine. That's where you hit with your pickaxe. Really? Would you like to try? Yeah. Yeah. He takes the pickaxe and he hands it to you. Oh, my God. And then, and then he's like, oh, you're not holding it right. 
Oh. He says, here, allow me. Yeah. <laughs> so he kind yeah. of like stands behind <laughs> you and does kind yes. of like a tin cup thing oh. where he tries to like, <laughs> he, he, like he takes your hands and puts them in the proper placement. Okay. Don't get fresh down there. <laughs> he, he giggles and he puts his hands over your hands to give you the correct placement of the pickaxe. So you want one really up high and then you want another and you want to grip it pretty tight. And she gives him the beef jerky, and she just starts going at it. She is just like, I gotta get this gold. Can you give us a strength check, please? Oh, I can. Yeah, it's a seven. Oh, that's really cute. If you want to just um, raise your hand a little bit more on the base like I showed you, um, that's not high enough. Okay. Would you like me to do it for you? Oh, yes, yes. Yes, I do. So he takes the pickaxe and starts to mine himself, and he mines two, like, pretty decent chunks of ore, and he hands them to you. Uh, A present for you. I am freakishly turned on right now. (laughs) She takes the gold. And puts it in her pocket. So, anyway, like, what's your story? (laughs) Um, You know what, Feldman? I'm actually not much of a talker. However, I'd like some more, please. Oh, well, I mean, that's, like, probably the most that I could allow you to get away with. Because, you know, we've got supervisors and stuff. And where is your supervisor? Well, he's sleeping right now, back in the gnome village. So, would he really know if you just snuck a little (laughs) more? Persuasion check. 12. Um, he kind of like looks around and he gives you the pickaxe and he's like, I can't, I probably can't um, do more of that, but you, you can continue to pickaxe if you'd like. Oh, I'll definitely pickaxe. Let me see <laughs> if I have anything else that's going to help me out here. As you're looking around the room, you spot like, I wouldn't call it a chest because it doesn't seem like it was there to be found in that way, but like a storage chest in the corner of the room near some mining helmets and other gear. So Kiki is like, I don't want to damage my face, obviously. So she like stumbles on over and like grabs one of those helmets and puts it on and then she notices there's a box there Mm -hmm. can i use my unearned strike on this wall like just punch it you're just putting a punch the wall you're gonna punch the wall wall. you could try to punch the wall okay it's a pretty strong wall okay i'm thinking about i'm thinking about punching this wall but before i do that that, she wants to see what's in this box okay and you do oh what are you doing and um you open it and inside you see a lot of junk that you're not interested in like a you know more lunch pails and a couple of silver pieces um tosses those out it seems to be kind of like a lost and found of sorts but in the (laughs) corner covered with cobwebs you do see a glint of something gold not in an ore like way where it's covered up with rock but just like a a really shiny piece of gold this one's shiny (laughs) and it's a ring Feldry is looking at other things right now so if you just want to swipe that you're welcome to yeah I swipe it and I (laughs) put it on (laughs) He turns around, he's like, and Kiki just takes out another piece of jerky and goes, here you go. And he he takes it. He's enamored by you, so he's not going to push too, too hard. You could probably get away with whatever you want down here. Oh, so cute. Feldman loves me. So, um, Feldman, why don't you start (laughs) chipping away some more and let's see how much else we can find in there. Okay. And so I would say at this point, you guys spend the rest of the night mining gold. We spend the rest of the night mining gold. All right. So we'll check back in. Meanwhile, back at Brina's house, everyone's just starting to wake up. 
Sasha wakes up in a very comfortable position. She has been spooning Anya all evening in the hay, and she notices that her disguise self spell has run out, uh, and now she is normal size, and she hopes that this will not offend any of her smaller acquaintances. As you're waking up, did you have any dreams the night before? Oh, did I? Last night, I I was having a dream where I was back at one of the reunions and Cassandra was pointing at me and telling me that I was such a toxic person and that I didn't belong on the show and that I had an aura that was full of poison and that I was a poisonous person. But in that dream, I decided that I was going to take these comments and I was going to find a way to heal by using them to my advantage. And right next to you as Anya is waking up, did you have any dreams last night? Anya did have some dreams last night. In the dream, she was ruminating in this delicious sound bath being led by her daughter, Ama. And there was Egg, again, in like human form, but with this gorgeous little cat face. And he was injured badly. And she realized she was sort of stuck in some big, like, flappy, maybe like a sign or something. So she she sort of rips through that and she tries desperately to heal him, but there's still something bothering her. So she turns around and she goes back to this flappy sign and she puts her hands on it and where she's ripped it, it mends. <gasps> and she sees it says woman pal. <laughs> <laughs> Cass, as you're waking up, what are what are you thinking? And did you have any dreams last night? So Cass sort of like startles awake from this very vivid dream that she was just in the middle of. It was the women pow that I did in season six, which, if you remember, was um, jungle themed, <laughs> and. It was like one of those dreams that starts out so good and then takes such a turn. Mm-hmm. So in the dream, she and Sasha were friends again. They were. Ju- it was just like old times. And it was like good Sasha, you know, before Sasha became a raging bitch. And Cass and Sasha were just having like a wonderful time together. And then all of a sudden these dark storm clouds came in and a bolt of lightning hit Sasha and split her into two, into good Sasha and evil Sasha. And both the two Sashas just started staring at Cass and they were like, sing for me, sing for me. And Cass didn't know what to do because she's looking at good Sasha and good Sasha seems injured from this lightning strike and she's begging Cass to help her. And then evil Sasha is like coming at Cass. And so Cass starts singing to both of them and she sings a special song to good Sasha that that heals her and lifts her up and then a a different song to bad Sasha that that tortures her and injures her and she's in the middle of this conflict and then she wakes up. As she's tossing herself awake, Dr. Christina, did you have any dreams last night? Dr. Christina had such wild dreams. She, in her dream, she was at a bachelorette party for Anya and she's Botoxing, having a great time, and she notices this library. And inside, she opens up a spell book and she starts learning different spells. And it feels like there's magic just coursing through her body. And as she's learning and studying in this library, all the women bust in and scare Dr. Christina. And for some reason, Cass looks incredibly young and very well rested. 
And so she points her fingers at them, and all of a sudden these magical like darts come flying out of her hands and hit all the women, and she feels horrible. But then she starts feeling really powerful, like she's almost draining the life from her friends and grows more and more powerful and younger. And then she just wakes up. Kiki, the sun is coming up over at the mines and you guys have been mining all night, but you have a decent sack filled now. You can fill up the whole mining cart with gold. Um, first of all, Kiki is like not even tired because she is so high on life. She is like, oh, hey, Feldman. (laughs) And like as the night's like kind of progressed, she's like kind of gotten to know Feldman a little bit and they actually have like a lot more in common than she realizes. Like he likes beef, (laughs) she likes beef. He likes gold. (laughs) She likes gold. And she's starting to wonder if, like, maybe all these, like, people around her who are so small are not so different than her. And she thinks Mm. about this thing that Wilton once said, which was like, Kiki, sometimes you just have to put yourself in other people's shoes. And she's like, I'm going to do that with Feldman. But it's hard because his shoe size is so much smaller. Brina, as you're waking up and getting ready for the day... After having all these strange people come stay with you, what are you thinking? Brina is conflicted this morning. She had a talk with her dad overnight and was sent out to make lots of preparations for the big day today. So (laughs) went to the bakery and got a giant onion cake. And it's on his favorite. <laughs> with the small amount of sleep that she was able to get, she had a very strange dream where her mother visited her and seemed sad about what was about to happen. And she said, Are you forgetting me? And Brina said, No, no, but it is hard to take care of Totor and Tazu and the twins, Jessica and Elizabeth. And and they're always out and they're teenagers now and they don't listen to me. And I just wish that you were here. And maybe this Anya, who's really a lot bigger and could like wrangle everyone, could help. And then I wake up with a jolt. So I'm putting little tiny carrot sprigs on the side of the onion cake. But I, I'm sad and miss my mom. And with that, Dr. C and Cass, you're waking up in the bed next to each other, and we can go from there. Question, is um, Will Wolf Wolfen also in the room with us? Oh, so he's down below even more. There's like Got multiple it. burrow layers. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That wouldn't be appropriate <laughs> on the night of the wedding. <laughs> come on, guys, come on. Dr. C wakes up and... Does that thing where you drank too much and you had like Taco Bell and then like your mouth feels all funky and she's like, and she opens her eyes and sees Cass and then like opens them wider and squints and then rubs her eyes and opens them wider and then immediately rolls over, tries to go back to sleep and then rolls back and then stares at Cass some more. What? You look... Uh, And then she rummages through her bag for this silver compact, brings it out, and shows the mirror to Cass. So Cass looks at herself in the mirror, and at this point, because it's like, again, when you've, like, had a long night of drinking and you wake up and things, like, come, you're like, oh, that's right! And so she sees herself in the mirror and she's like, whoa, I look... (gasps) 
right. And she remembers drinking the entire potion last night. But she's conflicted because she knows that, you know, Christina might be mad that she took the whole potion for herself. So instead, she's like, yeah, I finally tried those facial exercises you showed me to do before bed, and they really worked. And Dr. C knows that this is bullshit because she only gives that to patients because she doesn't want to deal with them. And she's just like, wow, Cass, where is that bottle? Oh, fine. I drank the whole thing. Give me the the bottle. Don't I look great, You do. Give me the bottle. And she's like, fighting her to get in her bag Cass for the is bottle. like, fine, here it is, here it is. It, it's empty. Uh. And Dr. C's like, takes it and like, tries doing the thing where you pound like, one last drop, <laughs> one last drop. And there's nothing coming out. She goes, wow, you look really, really good, Cass. Thank you. Okay, so here's the thing. I know that I drank all the potion for myself, but I think this is actually a good thing for us because I didn't like it last night when Brina was like, I'm a doctor. And then before when Anya was like, I'm a doctor. And because you're like my personal doctor, I feel like I'm the face of your brand. And it need, I need to be, you know, because at this point in the show, I'm pretty sure we're becoming the main characters. Like, that's obvious, right? Dr. C's head is about to explode because this whole time she knows that she is the main character. And she is sick <laughs> of Cass. Always playing in the shadows, and now Cass looks younger, and this isn't fair. And so Dr. C goes, "Uh, mm, and grabs her stuff and just chucks the bottle and goes, you look great, and then just climbs up the ladder. The bottle breaks and shatters into 100 pieces on the floor. Cass is just sitting there like, yeah, cool. I mean, I'm sure that she's fine and just like pets Clarissa. And then just then, um, Wilfin pops open the floor. Uh, everything all right up here? Heard some commotion. Oh my God. Hey, yeah, everything is great. I'm feeling very good. Um, big day. Oh, yes. You excited? Oh, I'm so excited. It's been a long time since I've taken a wife. That's great. So I'm going to give you a little tip just to like win Anya's heart. I would love one. Um, do you, uh, in this land, are you familiar with cats? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Okay. Can you get a cat? I'm not sure how this is relevant. If you were to be able to secure a cat and give it as a gift to your new bride, oh. I think that that would really seal the deal, you know, because she seems like a little hesitant and maybe a, like a peace offering in the form of a cat. Noted. Okay. And he goes back down under her cool. <laughs> Kiki, I feel like you and Feldry are now making your way back. You're in the mine cart. Um, you have probably 20 gold ores have come out through the night. And you're making your way back into town. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Brina's house, uh, Dr. C, you're just coming in. Brina is up there, I believe. And that's it. It's just Brina, Dr. C inside. And Sasha and Anya can come in whenever. Uh, Dr. C pushes open the hatch. And just comes on out. And she sees Brina. She goes, hey, Brina. Wow, what a very cozy bed you all have. And is that an onion cake I see? It's very fragrant. You must be so excited to get, um, did I get this right, a new mom? Well, Brina's still sad and conflicted about exactly this thought. And so goes up and whispers in Dr. Christina's ear, you're a doctor, right? Dr. C goes, yes, I am. Although I don't know if I really should be anymore. Oh. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> um, could you 
maybe advise me about um, doctoring my mind a little bit? Dr. C goes, of course, what's wrong? My mom left, and I don't know if she's dead or alive, actually, but she never came back after going out on an expedition, and I really want to make my father happy, and I was crocheting all night that blanket that I, I, I couldn't find that blanket, so I made a new one, and it's not as good as the old one, but at the same time, I feel like my mother's watching over me and maybe angry that this is all happening. At the same time, I want my father to be happy, and he's been really lonely, and I could use the help in the house. Maybe we should have some onion soup. That usually clarifies everything, but I just don't know how to feel right now. Just then, Wilfin comes comes up to the ground floor and um, looks at you and Dr. C talking, and it's like, hey, um, Brina, I'd like you to take your new mom, Anya, around the town and make sure she gets everything she needs for the wedding at dusk. I'm going to go talk to the mayor. And on his way out, he sees Anya, and he's like, my lady. Dr. C watches Wolfen leave and she turns to Brina and she goes, I can see what you're saying. That's a lot weighing on your mind. Uh, and I ring, ring, Christina. Christina does not pick up. She goes, Brina, I think that you should do what you think is best for you. Ring, ring, Christina. If that means disrupting the wedding, so be it. It's okay for you to leave and become your own woman. Cass pops open the hatch because Christina hasn't been answering. <laughs> Christina. And Christina is like snaps her head. What? Can you get me some soup? Of course, Cass. I'd be happy to. And then she takes the thing and just the lid and just shuts it. Ah. And she holds Brina's hand. She goes, do you happen to have any spell books? Well, it's actually all in my mind. Um, I learned alchemy and all sorts of potion making, and I know how to make pretty much anything you could need. We just would need to find the ingredients. There's a couple of general stores you could buy that at. Do you think maybe you could write those down for me? Maybe. Do you have a pen or a pencil? Oh, Totor keeps the pencils. Right. Where is Totor? <laughs> Totor's probably outside. Totor has been sent out on a mission to go find a cat. God damn it! Oh, with all the pencils, <laughs> damn it. Dr. C takes a deep breath and says, what is a spell that you could possibly teach me about maybe becoming more powerful or looking younger? Well, I definitely know one that can help you look younger. The one that I couldn't find it last night. Great. I'm going to let you know. Don't trust Cass. She's the one who took it. What do we need to make this potion? Brina is very upset. Stealing is number one no-no in this roundhouse with no corners. Will Brina decide to tell Dr. C what the ingredients are of that, of how to make that? Yes, but there's one ingredient that is almost impossible to find. It's not in the shops. You have to find it out in the wilderness. Dr. C goes, great. I'm going to be out in the wilderness for a while. <laughs> At this point, Cass is just going to come in because she's had the thing slammed on her and she like took a while to recover and she was just like, okay, that was weird, but Christina's kind of cranky in the mornings sometimes, so I'm just going to, like, fix myself up and just, like, have a great day and open the hatch and just come into the room. Hey, guys. Hello? Dr. C sees Cass and then turns on the charm. <laughs> Cass, I'm so sorry. You know how I am in the mornings. I know uh, how you are in the mornings. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, I just, you look so good. I got so puffy from all that carrot and onion soup. Oh, you only look a little bit puffy. <laughs> she turns her back to Cass and looks at Brina and winks and whispers, remember what I said. Take care of yourself. 
Brina nods and is like so hardcore into Dr. Christina and like loving this new connection that they can have. Gass, can Cass hear that? <laughs> yes, yeah, you heard that last part. All right. <laughs> take care of yourself. Yeah, take care of yourself. And then Dr. C turns back to Cass and goes, just imparting a little bit of your wisdom about taking care of yourself, how important it is. That's great. Brina leans into Dr. Christina's ear again and says, make sure to keep the mountain lizards alive and bring them back to me because I know how to extract their hearts properly for the potion. (laughs) Dr. C just nods. (laughs) Can Cass hear that? You picked out some words, but you didn't hear the whole thing. Okay. And then where is Anya right now and Sasha? They're right outside the the door. Okay. And then uh, Dr. C turns to Cass and goes, are you ready for Anya's big day? (laughs) I am. I am so ready for Anya's big day. I'm also hoping that the producers remember that today is women pow, but I'm sure that they have a plan for that. Sasha and Anya outside. Let's go over to you guys. Anya, I know that you don't want to talk about this right now, but it does seem as if some people here are under the impression that you're going to have a wedding today. Sasha, why would they think that I am getting married? I did not accept proposal. In fact, I said negative response coming. Like, how more clear can I be? I mean, perhaps if if the negative response had come, present tense, it might have been a little bit clearer. But I Mm. think that maybe we can also use this to our advantage a little bit. Perhaps if he's already enamored enough with you that he thinks you're going to be married. Uh, perhaps that will get us an in with the the mayor. You are wanting me to go along, pretend to be ambianced with this teeny tiny man who I would crush with my boot if I were ever to um, know him biblically. <laughs> so we can get more information about Big House over here? Yes. Okay. Very good. <laughs> Wonderful. Glad we're on the same page. At this moment, Sasha Sinclair comes in, although this time hits her head a bit, forgetting that she is now her regular height. Oh, yeah. That's smart. (laughs) Good morning, darling. You look... Oh, my God, Sasha, you're huge. (laughs) Oh, my God, you got so big. I can't believe how large you are. I've never seen you this large. Hilarious. Brina, it must be all that soup, you know. I am a growing girl. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Brina, darling, we were just wondering, how might we get to your uncle, uh, the mayor's home? Because Anya... Obviously wants to make um, a good impression on everyone. I'm sorry. um, You must have stolen some of the potions because you clearly are twice as big as you used to be. And No, no, darling. I don't steal. I bring things from home. From my home? (laughs) No, from my... Look, you can check my pants. You can give me a pat down if you like. No, thanks. All right, then. Dr. C asked Brina, do you think we could also go by the shops as well for me to um, help build Anya's trousseau? Is that how you say that? Sure. Yeah, I'll give you a whole tour of our town. This is actually going to be super fun. And maybe magic things? Great. Yay. Anya, are you up for it? Are you excited for your big day? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, sparkle, sparkle. Oh, yes, I'm very much looking forward to today and for the day to be very, very, very long. So, yes, the town is now all, like, bustling with this news of a, uh, of a wedding with the Lucky Sparks and these new visitors that is happening at dusk. And everyone is contributing to the affair. And Brina is going to take you guys first 
to this building of the blacksmith and the dressmaker. Yes, that is a stone building. It's large for the village, but still, you know, small for you. From within, you hear the sounds of clanging and swearing. And heat emanates from the open door. And as you enter, you can see why. There's a lit forge taking up the center of the room. And standing over it is a kind of sweaty, focused gnome woman wearing a leather apron. And she looks up, kind of glaring at you, not happy to be interrupted. But as soon as she sees who it is, her face brightens. I know it's me, Cassandra Kasternak. It's so lovely to meet you. Cass just like sweeps forward. Brina! Oh, that's right. And my friend Brina. Brina, congratulations! Are you so excited to have a new mom? Well, let's let's call Anya... Anya. Um, <laughs> my name is Tala. And Tala looks at Anya and is like, you must be the one that they talked about. They said that you were all dressed up in metal loud things. Yes, she's very loud. Yes, loud. thank you, Cass. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Um, yes, uh, Tala, it is so nice to meet you. Um, yes, I have very specialized armor and I do not um, want to take it off because I have to protect, you know, my friends, my family, Brina. <laughs> and, and, um, yes, you have a beautiful shop. You don't want to take off your armor? Uh, no. Okay, well, that's fine. We can start with the rings. Uh, Wilfin said, just put it on his tab, obviously. Oh, isn't that lovely? Tala, um, yeah. how, how much money is he thinking of spending? Is it a lot? Oh, he just said to take care of you. I... That's so <laughs> generous of him. Yes, but isn't it young? <laughs> yes. Ring, ring, Sasha. Hello, darling. Ring, ring, indeed. Am I right? Ha, 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 ha. Hello, Sasha. I am thinking since I'm at dusk, this wedding is not happening. Um, oh. I don't want to bankrupt family Lucky Spark, right? So I'm going to get shittiest, cheapest shit and make them think it is nice, yes? I mean, hear me out. Hear me out, Anya. Just quick thought. Perhaps you could just uh, use this moment to appreciate that he wants to give you a gift. And uh, perhaps it might come in use later. So nothing wrong with just keeping that ring, darling. A little keepsake. Sasha, that is terrible. He is giving me nice things in exchange for taking care of family and homestead, and these are things I am not going to be doing. But perhaps he's giving you a ring for you teaching him a lesson in (laughs) how to not fall in love too early. I don't know. Just keep the ring, darling. I think it's a wonderful idea. Goodbye. Ring, ring, Christina. Ring, ring, Cass. You're watching this, right? Yeah. Um, I'm also noticing that all of the fabrics in here look burlap adjacent. And it's nothing that I find sparks joy in me. So I was thinking about going and just seeing, like, checking out the mayor's house or just, like, figuring out where in this town they would hold a convention if they were to definitely also be holding a convention today (laughs) with all of the planning that's already in place for a certain convention. Know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. You know, why don't you go ahead and look? I think it'd be very hilarious to put Anya in burlap. So I'm going to see if I can make this happen. You're welcome to stay and watch. Okay, no, good plan. I just can't wait to run into you guys again and just see her, like, head to toe, like, couture burlap. So, um, yeah. I mean, or maybe just sack. (laughs) Okay, see you soon. Bye. (laughs) Okay, bye. Um, So, yeah, Cass is going to go look for the mayor's house. That sounds good. And Kiki, while that's happening, you're also getting off the (laughs) minecart. Feldry has (laughs) knows that this is probably going to be it for a while, just because you kept saying over the last night, like, how you couldn't wait for this to be over. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, Jasmine, I just want you to know that this is Eldry. the perfect investment for Kiki Nova fash- high fashion. And even though you have led me to this gold, that doesn't mean you have equity in the company. So she gets in the car and she takes all of her stuff, all of her gold. How heavy are Kiki's bags by now? I just want to know because there's a lot in there. Yeah, it's a whole mine cart worth of ore, right? So not just not just gold, but like I'm rocks full of gold. unexpectedly burly. And also you could go to the blacksmith and have them maybe smelt it down for you into coins. Smelt it. Um, meanwhile, back at the blacksmith's with Tala and Anya and the rings. Um, have you had a chance to decide what you would like? I, I, I have a few options for you. Yes, Tala, I have. Get the nice one. Stop, stop, shush. I am wondering, what is, you know, love is so lovely and important. It and, is, isn't it? Yes, and I, I don't think that, that love can be purchased. So what is, what is least expensive, most humble and modest ring you have? Well, I guess that would be this plain silver ring that I have here. It's, it's going to look beautiful on you. Isn't it lovely? Tala, mm. why don't you go ahead and take her dress measurements as well uh, over her arm? She loves keeping that on as like a little lingerie kind oh, of situation. Uh, that's a perfect idea. Let me get my sister. Uh, Brina, can I have a word with you just uh, outside of everyone's earshot for just a moment? Brina agrees, but is very suspicious because she thinks that Sasha is a kleptomaniac and is trying <laughs> going, going to try to convince her to steal everything in the blacksmith shop. And she knows everyone in this town and that's not going to look good for her. So she is very worried right now. But yes, agrees to go listen to Sasha. Brina, darling, I, I can't, I cannot help but notice. Um, this is going to be a great big change for you. Uh, how how are you feeling about the wedding as a whole? Are you devising? Is someone running into the shop right now to steal things? I'm simply asking you a question, strange, tiny girl. I, I just wanted to know, you know, I, I myself... Can I see under your... Can I see in your outfit? Can I see it in your pockets and underneath your clothing? Underneath Please. my clothing? What is this? I would need to see underneath your clothing right now. Charisma check. <laughs> is Brina the one rolling for a charisma check? Or am I saying how charismatic I am without my top wall? Well, I think she would. Very good. You can roll a d20 for charisma. Let's see if this works. <laughs> I rolled I rolled an 11. So just one tip then. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you're, you're allowed to refuse politely to her request. Sasha opens her backpack just so, so that she can peer inside and then motions to the fact that her outfit does not come with pockets uh, because fashion is cruel to women that way. Another little gnome woman who looks pretty much identical to Tala comes bustling out and looks up at you so joyfully. She looks really tired, but really happy. And she says, Oh, I, I'm so happy you're here. I need to measure you. I've been working all night on the dress. I heard so late, but we're very excited. And I have the blanket that Brina made that I've sewn into the skirts. And here, let me go bring it, and, um, and, and we can try it on you. And she kind of, um, you know, grabs Anya's wrist and tugs her towards a, a, an area behind the hanging burlap and, and pulls aside the burlap to reveal hanging on the wall um, the dress. Yes! It's gorgeous! That is like a holiday <laughs> for me, girl. Do you like those? Anya, you're gonna look so 
beautiful. Mm, mm, I feel like there aren't enough bows, though. Yeah, more bows. Wait, what's her name? Oh, Joby. Oh, Joby, this, wow, this dress so yeah, beautiful. This is beautiful, Anya. And Joby, <laughs> I think we might need a moment just for Anya to take this mm. all in. Would you mind giving us the mm. room? Of course. And, and she backs respectfully away. Do you also mean me? Yes. Yes, Tala. please, Tala. Just me and Dr. C together. And Dr. C turns to Anya and goes, first off, amazing. But second off, did you notice anything weird with Cass today? Um, Beyond <laughs> being weird about Cass, Dr. C, do you all really expect me to go through with this wedding? And Dr. C looks at Anya and <laughs> kind of goes, <laughs> maybe. But really, do you notice anything different about her? I have not even looked at her stupid fucking face. <laughs> I have my own... <laughs> Very important things that I'm doing. Okay, that's fair. And then she turns to Anya and goes, What do you need? How can I help you? What do I... Uh, Dr. C, are you... Uh, speech. I am speechless. Is this a... No, this isn't a joke. I just noticed that you looked uncomfortable. And so I wanted to see if I can do anything for you. This I did not expect. I... There are so many things, and yet nothing comes to mind. I do not want to marry this tiny man. I do not want to be Brina's replacement mama, which seems to be incredibly problematic. And Sasha wants me to bankrupt this man. I don't know what I am doing. I just want to find Cece, and I want to get home to Ama and Egg. How do we do this? And Dr. C goes, great. We're exactly on the same page. Let's get out of here, then. But I need to go shopping first. Can you distract everyone? Oh, sure. With my giant wedding, I will distract everyone. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is brought to you by the new podcast, Anomaly. If you love to immerse yourself in fantasy films or escape from reality in an RPG as much as we do, there's another great podcast out there that we think you'll love. Anomaly is a role-playing meditation podcast that's like listening to a great dungeon master combined with a talented meditation guide, weaving tales of fantasy that stretch the imagination while you learn to center yourself, offer forgiveness, find confidence, and relieve stress. In the first campaign, you'll be introduced to the world of Anomaly and learn about its lands, magic, and secrets. As your story unfolds across eight chapters, you'll imagine yourself in scenarios such as learning to cast a tranquility spell or exploring a land once vanquished by a dragon. Anomaly features the voices of Ruth Connell from Supernatural and Todd Stashwick from Star Trek Picard and is available now on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Anomaly spelled with an I-E at the end, not a Y. Go to S-E-E-K-A-N-O-M-A-L-I-E dot com. That's SeekAnomaly.com to find out more. Meanwhile, Cass, you're walking around the city. Cass is feeling great. She's so young and she's just like walking around, just like waving at people and like flipping her hair and goes just straight to the mayor's house and knocks on the door. Great. Yeah, so um, this is the the largest house, the fanciest house that you saw next to the haunted well. 
and the the door opens as you knock on it. It was already actually a little bit open, so it you can kind of see right in. And as you, you enter inside, you still have to duck your head a little bit to avoid hitting the ceilings, but it does have a, a taller ceiling than Brina's house did. And the walls are covered with drawings and paintings, mostly of the landscape surrounding Gnome Valley. But there is, in a place of pride, one chalk drawing of a man who, or no man, who um, you presume might be the mayor standing side by side with a, a gnome woman who looks a lot like Brina and they have their arms around each other in the picture and then to one side is a sitting room with a long low couch and on the other side is a kind of an office area like with a you know a desk and then directly in front of you across the way is a closed door Hello. And the door pops open, and the, the gnome man that you may recognize from that chalk drawing, though he is older now, he steps out and looks up at you and holds out a hand and says, Hello and welcome to Gnome Valley. I am Mayor Deep River. You must be one of the visitors. Oh, Mayor Deep River. So nice to meet you. My name is Cassandra Kasternak. I am a world-renowned singer, and um, you might also know me from my very successful line of women's empowerment retreats, Wink, which you maybe already have heard of, <laughs> perhaps. He shakes his head. No? But it's very nice to have you here. Are you the one who's marrying my brother-in-law? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's funny, though. Uh, no, no. I am in the market for, I don't know, perhaps being directed to where a gathering might be happening, perhaps a convention of sad women who need empowerment. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, the wedding will be happening this evening at dusk. Um, in the field just outside the village. That's that's probably the only gathering of the day. But obviously, you're welcome to attend. I assume you will. Yeah, that's the only gathering of the day? That I'm aware. Well, of course, unless you wanted to come to one of our services. Serve? Okay, tell me about the services. Well, I assume you would know. You're one of the visitors, aren't you? Yes. So... And I do know, but refresh my memory. Well, of course, as you know, we were gifted some very special items in return for helping with the tower on the mountain. and The tower on the mountain, that yes. And as you know, we appreciate so much the special item that we were given. And we, uh, we do have special services. And he gets a little bit flustered because he's not used to talking <laughs> about this with one of you. Um, but uh, we, you know, if you're all, we, we, it would be an honor to have you present at one of the services. It would actually be uh, really a, a life-changing moment, probably for all of us. I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so just because I do so many incredible events and things for people all over the world, remind me which special object we're talking about. Oh, would you like to see it? Y yes. Yes. He kind of gives you a little bow um, and he <laughs> he beckons for you to follow him through that door. And I do. Excellent. You follow him through the door down a set of earthen steps that lead into an open space. Ooh. And he looks up at you and his, his hand is shaking and his eyes are glowing fervently. And he, he approaches the far end of the room where there's an embroidered sheet that's covering something that's sitting on a wooden table. Uh, and he turns around and he faces you and there's this like really heavy, important feeling silence as he just gazes at you with these glowing eyes. And with great ceremony, he reaches out his shaking hand and he lifts the embroidered sheet, 
revealing a small boxy TV uh. with large silver dials and rabbit ear antenna on top. Oh, okay. And he kind of just like falls to his knees in front of it. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> that's great. Uh, what is it? do is this like that survivor episode where they play video messages from home or yeah, he looks up at you from his position on the floor and i i i see you you know what it does if you are a visitor yeah then no you i must know. know i know what it does um i'm just wondering because but- i don't see any outlets <laughs> here um i don't imagine you have a cable box so i'm feeling that this has to be kind of like an internal setup like maybe some producers came in and put this TV here. Um, is it battery operated or like do you just look at it? We think it is magical. <laughs> and if you would like to worship with me, it would be my greatest honor. Yeah, let's worship. So here's the thing that I don't tell a lot of people, but I feel like we have a really close connection. <clears throat> I am also magical. Shh. And I happen to have a special connection with this particular object. In fact, I have been featured inside this box on 10 seasons, um, currently in the 11th. So, yeah, we go way back. Um, Have you turned it on? Like, is there anything on? Oh, yes. We turn it on to worship at it. There are so many tales that it tells us. Just yesterday, we were watching a tale of an otherworldly humanoid like you, like you perhaps. And, And he betrayed his closest companion and was punished by being locked up in a wooden chest. And it taught me so much about the visitors and how they value loyalty above all else. Locked up in a wooden chest. Yeah, was it called a boo box, maybe? Were you watching Hook? That's <laughs> <laughs> where I, I went to. I, 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 it is a tale. It is a tale of your sure. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, show me. Can you show me? Let's 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 pop it on. Let's see what's on. And he, he he's still on the ground, and he kind of like beckons for you to kneel down okay. with him. Yeah, here we go. Watching the TV. <laughs> and he, he reaches out, and his hand is still shaking. Um, and he reaches out to turn one of the little silver dials. And there's a click. And the screen turns on, but it's just static. And the mayor lets out the most guttural shriek of pain that you have ever heard. Oh, God. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I don't like when it does the staticky thing either, but maybe we just, like, adjust the channel dial a little bit. The antennas, you know, just kind of... You want to try to do that? All right, I'm just going to do it. So she just gets in there and starts, like, moving the antennas around and, like, fiddling with the dial to see if she can, like, get a a clear channel. Unfortunately, um, yeah, it's still very staticky, and the mayor is now weeping. Okay. Yeah, I'm just going to... I'm going to turn this off. I'm going to turn it off. It's off now. He stares up at you with these (laughs) tear-stained cheeks, and he says, What have we done? Have we displeased you? Have we... Did the tower... Have we not protected the tower? What have we done? How can we make it up to you? Bring us back the magic box, please. We are so sorry. And he grabs onto your ankles. Okay. Uh, Yes. I mean, (laughs) no need to embarrass yourself. It's a little bit much. Um, But you're right. I am very powerful and would love to be your savior with the magic box. So the tower... (laughs) Based on all of my very specific knowledge of how this magic works, I'm pretty sure there's a tower somewhere that sends a magical signal to the box. And maybe the tower needs to be switched on 
And he stares up at you and says, Will you? Will you switch it on? I mean, yeah, sure. Let's, let's switch it on. Great. He leaps to his feet and grabs you by the hand and pulls you back up to the main floor of his building. And he pulls you over to the desk with the big map on it. And he points to it and says, It is up here. We are here. And if you climb the mountain peak, that is where it is, as you well know, because you did entrust it to us. But if you could just give it back to us, I promise we'll take better care of it next time. Yeah, so I have to climb the whole mountain to turn it on. That is where the tower is. Is what you're saying. That is where you put it. You are a visitor, no? You put it up there. So you must know how to get to it, no? Yeah, 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 yeah. I do, but again, I've got a lot on my calendar, and I I usually, my assistant usually keeps track of, like, all the maps. So if you could just give me directions, that would be great. Of course. He traces very carefully the path from Gnome Valley up the eastern mountain. Cass is feeling not so great about this because she really does not want to go climb a mountain. Um, So she's like hoping there might be some other signs (laughs) around this house about where Women Pow is happening so she can find Women Pow. Because if it's on top of the mountain, great. But the last thing she wants to do is climb a mountain and that's not where Women Pow is. And then she's just like climbed a mountain. Um, So can she investigate this little home? Sure. Yeah, roll for investigation. 23. Yeah, you do see something hanging up on the wall. It looks like a like a bow, mm. like as in a bow and arrow. That's it? That's all my 23 gets me? <laughs> <laughs> as you step closer to look at, you do see that all of the paintings are like the different angles of the mountains from, from Gnome Valley. And one of them is the mountain that you've just been told is where the tower is. And you can see that picture of the mayor and who you assume must, might be Brina's mom. And you can see like a little signature in the bottom, her name, Miniana, written as the artist. Anything downstairs or? <laughs> I think you found all the things that were worth finding. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, yes. So I guess I'm going to climb this mountain. It's going to be great. Um, Maybe do you have anything, like, do I need anything to bring to the mountain or I'm just going to climb it? The tower is something that you will will know when you see it because you are all knowing. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And and if you need something, if you would like to go as as a grateful thank you for what you have given to us and what you will give to us, uh, please go to the blacksmith, Tala, and she will outfit you with anything that you require, and you can you can just tell her that Mayor Deep River said it was okay. Anything? Persuasion check? 17. Nice. He drops into a deep bow and says, Anything. Cass just, like, takes this opportunity to just, like, place her hand <laughs> on his head and say, Thank you, my son, and just, like, leaves. <laughs> He's not going to recover from that for a long time. All right, yeah, she's heading back to the blacksmith. Okay, back at the blacksmith. Kiki, I want to check in with you. Kiki has also made her way to um, the blacksmith because she wants to get her gold turned into coins. However, she hasn't slept all night. She's just, like, right before she gets to the black, talking to the blacksmith guy, just, like, kind of crawls onto her cart and falls asleep. (laughs) 
lovely. Inside the blacksmith, you you see Tala kind of poke her head out from the storage room. She's like, is it okay if I come back in? Yes, yes, of course. Please. Oh, okay. And then um, she comes back out with her sister. But then she's, she looks at Dr. C and Tala is going to take this opportunity to motion over to Dr. C to come closer to her by the like the counter. And Dr. C goes over. Um, sorry, I didn't want to bother you. Um, and this isn't like a huge secret or anything, but I just wanted to let you know that I can detect magic. Um, and I noticed that there was something really powerful coming from your bag. And maybe you needed a way for it to be smelted and turn into something useful. It's like green. So I am magical. And then she goes into her bag and takes out the green gemstone. Is this what you're talking about? Uh, oh, yes. Oh, just. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, do you have any ideas of what you would like to turn this? I'm assuming you want to use this as a focus. What is a focus? Oh, a focus is where you can focus all of your magical powers from. Dr. C goes, yes, I would like this made into something. Do you want it as a ring, like your ring of animal influence, which is also a really, really wonderful ring? Have you used it yet? And then Dr. C looks at the ring and goes, I think I have, and starts putting the pieces together and goes, yes, I would like a ring made out of this green gemstone. We have other options too. You could use it as a wand or a necklace, but we make wonderful rings here. It's a wonderful choice. Let's do a necklace. I can hide a necklace. I'm assuming this is going to cost me something, though. Correct? Well, you can you can pay me you can pay me later. I'm very trusting. Wow, you really are, Tala. <laughs> and she goes, "Yes, I will go get you your gold." I know you will. And then says, "Is there <laughs> anything else I should be aware of now that?" I'm magical? Um. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of blows her mind. It's like very meta. Um, And she kind of shrugs and giggles and um, like, oh, I I mean, do you have any questions for me? Do you need anything else? Like while I'm helping you out? And then Dr. C goes, is anyone else magical who are like the tall Mm. visitors? I think all of you are magical. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) And then Dr. C passes off the gemstone and says, very good, I will get you your gold. And then turns back to find Anya and Joby. And she goes, Anya, I, I'm getting hungry. And um, I think I'm going to go get some more of that soup. I'm going to go just take a little walk around. Do you need anything while I'm gone? No, maybe bring me a strong jug of wine. <laughs> Dr. C takes her hand and goes, we'll get out of this. Thank you, Christina. And then leaves the hut. Cass was like halfway to the blacksmith and then remembered that she should probably get that map and goes back to the mayor's house. To <laughs> <Okay. get that. laughs> and also to like tell the mayor to like spread the word about her and how powerful she is. He rolls up that map for you as as you're telling him this and hands it to you. It'll just help me on my journey. The more people that know about me and that I can feel supporting me, um, the more the higher the chances that I'll be successful on my journey. So just like tell everybody. Cassandra Kasternak and Clarissa. He bows again and says, it would be my greatest honor. And he's still crying a little bit. And again, I, she puts her <laughs> hand on his, on his head and goes, thank you, my son. <laughs> 
Um, Sasha, let's go over to you and Brina. So, Brina, darling, you've had a peek at everything that I have. I think that we can both agree that <laughs> I am not the klepto in the group and I'm not going to name any names, Cassandra, but, you know, someone else is. Um, Brina, uh, I think that you and I might have more in common, uh, or common adjacent than you think. You see, I was a child of divorce. Do you know what divorce is? <laughs> Brina thinks that Sasha is trying to change the subject and quickly takes out a thing of twine made out of the strongest twine material for all of the knitting that she does and has the idea to tie (laughs) Sasha's legs together so that she can't steal any more shit. Adorable. However, I'm much bigger than you, so I would like to roll for a strength check. Yes. Tiny little shit. All right. Yeah. Perfect. 17. Just as she's, like, tying it around your legs, you just step out of it pretty easily. look, listen to me. I understand you're very unhappy that your mother is no longer here. And what I'm trying to say, she was this. Do you really want Anya as your new mother? No. Well, there we are. So, look, I know that your father has gotten very happy about this entire idea, but I cannot help but notice that it's making you act out in very strange ways. Sasha motions to her ankles and and the strange twine that lays it at the bottom of it. So I think perhaps we could have a situation. uh, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Don't know if you know what that means. Um, But essentially, if you help us get out of this wedding... I may be able to do a favor for you, whatever you ask. Whatever I ask. (laughs) All right, well, maybe not whatever you ask, but within reason. Brina, gnomes take the first answer as the answer, obviously. That's why the wedding is happening. So just to let you know that. And with that, we're going to go over to thoughts and feelings, starting with Kiki, who's sleeping in the mine. Kiki. Um, Name cart. (laughs) Kiki is asleep and um, just so happy. She has a new gold ring and her mood ring is yellow and she's surrounded by what she loves most, which is gold. And um, she's a little confused because she can't find anyone and she hasn't seen anyone and she doesn't know what happened to everyone. (laughs) So she'll probably, when she wakes up, feel the need to leave and go find everyone else and head back to Anaheim so she can get started on Kiki Nova fashions. Sasha, what are you thinking and feeling? Sasha looks down at this tiny little person um, and can tell that there is a lot of conflict and hurt in her heart. And while she's taking this in, she also starts to consider the fact that we've already had a wedding on this show, but we've never had an episode where a bride ran away. And that would do amazing (laughs) things for ratings And this could be a much better idea than she ever anticipated. Brina, what are you thinking and feeling right now? Brina is even more conflicted. She feels 50-50 right now as to whether to help this marriage happen or to destroy it entirely and help everyone escape or whatever they these visitors want to do. And she still thinks Sasha stole something. <laughs> but she's willing to let that go for now. Mm-hmm. And Anya, what are you thinking and feeling as you are trying on that dress over your armor that you refuse to take off? Yeah, so Anya is looking at herself in the mirror in this like misshapen, sad 
dress that's simultaneously too big and very much too small. And she looks sort of down at her chest and she sees Bryn sort of snuggled up under her armor and she's like, at least I have three people on my side. I have Sasha, I have Dr. C. They know that I don't want to do this and they have a plan, I think, to get me out of this. So she looks down at her two little gnome babes and she's just confused. She doesn't want to hurt this family. She doesn't want to bankrupt this family. But there is no way in hell (laughs) she is marrying this guy. Cassandra Kasternak, what are you thinking and feeling on your way to the blacksmith? Cass is having a great (laughs) day. She's looking young. She's feeling young. People are worshipping her, and now she's pretty sure women power is just (laughs) happening on the top of this mountain, which is fantastic. She's never had a high elevation retreat before. It's always been on her bucket list. It just makes everyone, like, a little bit tired and, like, easier to convince of things. So she's pumped, but she definitely doesn't want everybody else to know about her special quest. So she wants to kind of like hang back and make sure she sees everyone leave the blacksmith before she goes in because she knows that this is going to be the part of the show where she gets her own individual storyline. Dr. Christina, what are you thinking and feeling at the counter of the blacksmiths? Dr. C can't believe that all this time, which she was gaslighting herself about, about magic and maybe this being a different place is actually real and she is determined to get some gold to pay for this focus get some supplies find cc and maybe skip out on one one women power see she can't even remember she doesn't <laughs> even care that's how much she doesn't even care anymore and she's sick that Cass would ever look better than her <laughs> beautiful with that, that is our episode. Till next time, I'm Valen Shore. And you guys are welcome to say your names too. <laughs> oh, we've never now, done that before. <laughs> it's just you. Wow. It's just you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Real Housewives of Dungeons and Dragons. Want more RHO D&D? Head on over to patreon.com slash housewives of D&D for exclusive bonus content like full-length video versions of our episodes, our bi-weekly behind-the-scenes podcast, Here's What Happened, access to our RHO D&D Discord mansion, monthly live events, ad-free episodes, and so much more. Patreon.com slash housewives of D&D. Follow us across social media at Housewives of D&D and send us your thoughts at housewivesofdnd at gmail.com. Our DMs are Valen Shore and Allison Zada, and our players are Riley Rose Critchlow, Elizabeth Ho, Liz Jenkins, Kosha Patel, and Nicole Wyland, with special guest stars Dasha Kittredge and Misha Reeves. Original music by Valen Shore and sound design by W. Alex Reeves. RHODD is a joint production of Hags Media and Pacey's Creek and is not affiliated with Bravo or Wizards of the Coast.